Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast. So today I'm actually doing a YouTube video at the same time as a podcast because I thought, why not? So each of you guys can uh, learn about the other. So if you're watching on YouTube, hi, it's me. I also have a pod podcast called the Ocean Pancake Podcast. If you guys are listening on the podcast, I have a YouTube channel that you can check out. In both these places, um, I do slightly different things. So on the podcast, primarily talk to um, ocean conservation experts, marine scientists, people who are doing zero waste, studying marine creatures, and just learning how to um, live a greener life for our oceans. So I get to do plenty of cool interviews while on YouTube. It's mostly me uh, sharing information I have learned, tips, tricks, uh, and information from my personal life, my experience. You get to see the dives I have done, um, tips on how to become a scuba diver, instructor, and all that jazz. So today, today's episode is quite topical, right? So we are talking about what is going on in the world right now. Unfortunately, due to the strict monetization issues on YouTube, um, my last video, which was about 40 things to do while you're stuck at home, uh, it got flagged and cannot be monetized. So that's no fun. But if you want to help support me in the work I do, it would mean the world to me. You can check out the Ocean Pancake um, website. You can get yourself a t-shirt, support the plastic free movement, um, or become a patron. So there's plenty of things to do. I would appreciate any and all help because uh, I just try and make this content for you guys to help everyone get inspired um, on how to protect our oceans and educate um, with the knowledge I know and have learned. Every day there's a new news story about the crisis facing our ocean. Whether it's the plastic issue, overfishing, pollution, if the oceans die, we die. Fortunately, we have plenty of environmental activists, marine conservationists, and eco-warriors who are out there every day fighting to protect our oceans and our Earth. On the Ocean Pancake Podcast, we're going to be hearing from some of them about how to decrease our environmental footprint, go plastic-free, participate in ocean conservation, cleanups, and even maybe some marine science. So, welcome to the Ocean Pancake Podcast, where the goal is sustainability and living a turquoise life. My name is Kat Andreskova, and I'm your host today. Let's get into this week's episode. So this week, we are talking about the current situation and the subsequent impacts on the environment. Now, all of this is quite speculative, and of course, I just want to say I hope you are safe no matter what's happening um, out in the world. I hope you're staying at home, uh, your family is all good, and um, it can be quite stressful. I know I'm worried about my family members, you guys must be too. Um, even though we may be young and healthy and it doesn't impact us as much, uh, older generations, you know, the people we love, can get very severely impacted. So it's important we stay inside, we follow our government rules and regulations and all that. Now, of course, in addition to the downsides of how it is affecting populations and people's livelihoods, if we look at the grander scheme, it is a serious impact on our economy. And this is probably one of the reasons why many countries such as the US let it get so out of hand. And it is because we're prioritizing the economy. Just like with climate change, 
um, which is driven by the Industrial Revolution and the global economic kind of setting. This particular issue um, has been spreading and has now taken over the world's headlines as the most important thing in the world. So while on one hand our Earth is getting a break from travel and from uh, a lot of industries closing down, it is also losing its spotlight. So now all governments, politicians, um, and just in general big organizations are looked to to see how they are responding to this crisis. So while before the conversation was a lot about climate change and we had Greta Thunberg taking you know front row of the Time magazine and everyone was talking about how we can slow the, the issues that we're facing in terms of our environmental issues, now all newspapers, all news articles are not any more focused on our planet. Instead, it is focused on um, our population's health. So that is definitely one way that um, the environment is taking kind of a back seat. Now, another issue that will potentially arise is that in the future, that once all of this kind of blows over, we would have experienced a massive economic downturn. So yes, while emissions would have decreased, uh, just like they did in the 2008-2009 um, global financial crisis. They increased by 1.3% back then. We are expecting something like 0.3% decrease, which uh, doesn't seem like a lot right now. But after um, that kind of lull goes down, what is going to be the priority for many uh, governments and politicians? It is going to be making sure countries and people get their jobs back and the economy starts thriving again. And whether we're looking at the large scale in terms of governments and their priorities or at us as individuals, the shift is going to be back towards money. So we were finally making some headway of actually, you know, promoting um, meeting the climate targets and decreasing carbon emissions and putting money into renewables. Now it's going to be just uh, people wanting to survive again, get a job back, be able to afford their housing, their family, and going zero waste or decreasing their environmental footprint or buying more environmentally friendly clothing or any of that is going to take a backseat to the more pressing problems, which is interesting considering how closely linked these two issues are and how this massive um, worldwide situation has shown how quickly governments and people can respond to a crisis. Unfortunately, people don't see the climate change crisis as big and as urgent as what's happening right now. And I think that has a lot to do with um, just the death rates being much more prominent with what is happening now. Um, in terms of the climate change situation, <laughs> the deaths of that are going to be coming in the future or they're not as obvious, right? The deaths from pollution um, aren't as well documented as the numbers, the tallies that we're seeing going up on our new sites every single day. The, the changing uh, sea levels going up and destroying whole islands and potentially countries going under is just 
too long term of a situation. So while in the short term, our environment is getting a break, potentially in the medium term, um, we are expecting that decrease in carbon emissions in the coming months or maybe a year, just like after uh, any big issues that have happened, like in the 14th century, uh, the Black Death, the 16th century, when the Spaniards uh, got to America, we saw a decrease of um, carbon dioxide emissions, partially due to the large amount of deaths, deaths, but also due to decrease of agricultural land and um, progress, essentially. I don't think the land is going to change in terms of how much we're cultivating right now, but just because of the decrease of movement, we will see a downturn. But again, once this is over, people and governments are not necessarily going to prioritize the environment when the economy is in a tough situation. The next kind of issue that is happening right now is the enormous oil collapse uh, of prices. So that of course happened because of the agreed or, you know, That of course happened because of the agreement between Saudi Arabia and Russia uh, breaking down and the oil numbers just plummeting. So that has partially to do due to um, people not driving as much or flying as much. So people aren't buying the oil as much, therefore the price has decreased. But this also means that other alternatives for energy such as solar are now even less viable because that price difference between renewables and oil and gas has now increased once again. So once this blows over, governments are not going to be incentivized to spend more money on environmental, environmentally friendly solutions when the oil prices will be low, especially considering we don't know what's going to happen in terms of big companies going bankrupt, like uh, airlines and everything like that, because they can't afford to fly right now. There's no people flying. It's going to be an interesting time. Um, so yeah, so whether it is less people buying solar or, um, you know, just oil being so cheap, uh, once this situation is going to go away, we can expect to see a really fast return or even jump back up to, um, the carbon emissions that we had before. Again, if we look at the 2008-2009, uh, global financial crisis, we saw that dip in carbon emissions during and right after, but in 2010, it was at an all-time high. So industry was at an all-time high and subsequently emissions were also at an all-time high. Because our world has changed so drastically in the past couple weeks, months, with most people staying indoors, we are seeing environmental shifts outside. Now, many of these things are still speculative since we haven't had studies, we haven't had enough time for it to be peer reviewed or anything like that, but we are definitely seeing some changes and it could potentially be a good time to see what would happen if we did give our earth a bit more of a break and manage to kind of slow climate change and see, is it possible? Can we live in a way which is more sustainable for our planet? Now, because of all this crazy times, um, some people have been saying that it is Earth's kind of reaction mechanism to protect itself and it's doing it to kind of give itself a break and it's the, you know, Earth's solution to the problem of humanity. 
basically now that we're all stuck inside, we are seeing a decrease in greenhouse gas emissions. Now, um, greenhouse gases are probably one of the, well, the biggest contributors to climate change, right? So whether it's industrialization or the amount we fly and travel, how much we consume, how many new clothes we buy and all of that, it is all contributing to the carbon emissions, which is creating a warming effect on our planet. Currently, the slowdown of human movement, whether it is our physical movement, where most travel is not allowed, um, or in general, just all the planes and many industries shutting down, we are seeing a decrease in um, greenhouse gas emissions. So there have been cancellations of thousands of flights. So here in Australia, we have a travel f level four travel ban. So no non-Australians may enter the country and all Australian residents are encouraged to come back here. And I think this is the case in many places around the world. There are plenty of airlines such as Ryanair, which have suspended all flights until June. Now this is extremely beneficial since the <laughs> emissions of an airplane are extremely high. It's the least environmental way to travel as we know, cause like Greta Thunberg tried to avoid all plane travel by like sailing across the ocean, which is amazing. Um, there are some people like, I think Earth Wanderers who is dedicated to no flying. So taking um, public transport or, um, you know, biking electric transports rather than flying. So many airlines have reduced flights or even canceled all flights. And for the first time in history, basically, we are seeing an enormous drop of uh, emissions due to climate change. So domestic flights in January 2019 in China dropped 60 to 70%. Now it is happening all over the world. Air, airplanes run off kerosene fuel, which releases extremely large amount of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Uh, the stats of how much it is is pretty scary. So uh, how much does one... So I do know that a couple of years ago I did the calculation and one flight from Australia to Europe um, cancelled out an entire year of me being vegan and not eating any meat. As we know, uh, meat and other animal products create enormous greenhouse emissions, but of not eating any animal products for an entire year was just canceled out by one flight back home. So according to the World Bank, um, the average American uh, generated 16.4 metric tons of carbon dioxide 2013. Um, and just one round trip of like New York to San Francisco, uh, or that would be one across um, Europe or one across Australia, that's 0.9 metric tons of carbon dioxide per person. So if you have, you know, one airplane, which is filled with 300 passengers, um, you are looking at potentially 300 metric tons uh, emitted per every flight. Now, of course, um, there are some airplanes which are less impactful. So any newer models are more efficient. Larger airplanes are more efficient. Uh, longer distances are more efficient. And then having the least amount of takeoffs and landings 
is also more efficient. And that's just due to the most fuel consumed is during takeoff. Uh, but yeah, we're seeing this enormous shift. People aren't flying, much less carbon dioxide is being emitted into the atmosphere. It will be interesting to see whether um, this year is one of the first years since the start of the Industrial Revolution that greenhouse gas emissions have actually gone down rather than up. What can we learn from this? So we can learn that we do not necessarily need to travel as much as we do, or then when we do choose to travel, we pick more eco-friendly ways of traveling. So are there travel you can do within your own country or by public transport or by car even, which is not great, but still better than flying um, to get your kind of travel bug. So for this year, we were planning of doing a lot of travel within Australia. However, with this, we are even quarantined within our region in the Pilbara. So none of that's going to be happening, but it is good for our planet for getting a break. Um, NASA has actually given us some data that um, China's operating at extremely low um, emissions during the quarantine period. Carbon dioxide levels dropped by 25% in the following weeks after the Lunar New Year. So 25% drop in carbon uh, dioxide emissions, which is massive. So that drop only amounts to about 1% of the country's annual total. Uh, but it just shows how much just that time in January has changed. And now so many other countries are following suit. So we would definitely be seeing a decrease in the greenhouse gas emissions from like industrial things. Also, apart from flying, people are driving less because a lot of us are working from home. So you, all those people who would drive to work uh, now are saving plenty of carbon dioxide from entering the atmosphere by sitting at home. I think it's been also a good lesson to see how many jobs can be done from home rather successfully. And potentially, um, I don't know, this will teach us about alternative ways of seeing. So this is of course done because we're trying to flatten the curve of what's happening, of spreading anything. Um, so we're all staying at home not using our cars as much, and this is great for our planet. Just have a look at Venice. So we have seen the famous photographs by now from Venice of dolphins returning to the canals, of the water clearing up, and this is just one of the small snippets of how quickly nature can recover if given the chance to by just not having this constant flow of people and pollution um, right there. Another thing that I think we can take away from this situation, of course, is the impacts of animal exploitation. Now, I last heard from Mike the Vegan that 20,000 wild animal farms were shut down in China due to, um, of course, what happened in the meat trade and spreading of the situation. Um, and we have seen how previous issues which have almost resulted in similar situations uh, have come from animal starts to begin with. So many vegans will be pointing to this as an example of why we should not be exploiting animals, that it is damaging the human population, that a lot of illnesses do come from animal products, and that is definitely true. So we have to see this as a victory of the wild animal farms being shut down 
and maybe have people thinking more about what they're consuming in general. Unfortunately, I do not think this is kind of going to be the final impact um, where people are going to go vegan or plant-based, but it is also interesting that um, during the madness that is happening in a lot of the shops, uh, that the vegan section or the plant-based section is still very full and thriving. So I didn't have to worry about bulk buying because I could just go to the vegan section and just buy um, anything I wanted because all the other aisles were sold out while plant-based milks and plant-based sausages and all that were very much thriving. Um, of course, one of the downsides that we are seeing is a lot of states and countries in the world are going back on their plastic bag bans and reusable cup movements. So hopefully this is just a temporary thing, uh, just to minimize the spread of the situation. Uh, but even I wanted to go get some coffee today, I couldn't use my reusable cup um, due to the fear of spreading of germs. So we're back to the single-use cups. Uh, they're back to single-use bags, even though studies have shown that um, the virus can live on plastic bags for three days while um, 24 hours on cardboard and four hours on copper. Uh, we are seeing states like Massachusetts, New York, and Maine going back on the plastic bag ban and just saying that um, there is a higher risk of transmission in reusable bags rather than single-use bags. Now, of course, there's also a large amount of single-use masks and medical equipment and ventilators and all of that being used and thrown out. So the medical waste from this whole situation is going to be enormous. But I think just like many situations in Zero Waste, you do have to pick your battles. And in this kind of situation, the priority and the health of people and humanity does come first. Uh, and <laughs> reusable masks and things like that are just not an issue for many places, even though due to the lack of materials and equipment out there, there have been doctors and nurses which do have to reuse their um, potentially single-use masks multiple days, um, which is very stressful. So this is a difficult time. There is a lot to consider, but I just thought it would be an interesting kind of thing to do, look at some of the bright sides, which is our Earth is getting a bit of a break. It is showing us how quickly it wants to recover and that if we do give it a chance, um, that it will. So we really need to start thinking about how to be more sustainable uh, how to travel less, how to consume less, and uh, potentially not eat as many meat products or go to these markets where um, issues can arise just due to um, the spread of things. So I hope you guys enjoyed this little video, a little bit of a breakdown of what's been going on. Uh, if you watched it on YouTube, go on, check out the Ocean Pancake Podcast. If you're listening on the Ocean Pancake Podcast, go check out the YouTube and vice versa. Of course, I'm still on the lookout for 
ocean lovers, um, if you are a marine scientist or a writer, editor, anything like that, and you want to join the mission of helping spread the love for our oceans, spread education, share your favorite dive spots or anything like that, join the Ocean Pancake community. Send me an email, oceanpancakepodcast at gmail.com, and we can have a chat about how you can uh, potentially contribute and do some work and add it to your resume and yeah, expand expand your world knowledge. So thank you guys so much for watching or listening and I will see you next time or you will hear me next time. Yeah, one of those. All right, bye.